As we come before you, O oh God, we we many times bow our head. But Father, as a reminder, we bow our head because you're king. And there's none like you, O oh God. You're above all. You gave breath to every one of us, O oh God. And yet you have time for every prayer. It doesn't seem humanly possible because it's not. We thank you for being a God of majesty. Lord, today, as I begin to teach your word, I'm once again gripped by the magnitude, the depth of what you've given to us, Lord, to get to know you through the scriptures, to teach us of your great love towards us through your Son, Jesus Christ. Lord, will you illuminate, give us an understanding today to not leave the same as we came, to not be challenged only in the area of an emotion, but to be changed because the truth of the Word of God makes us free. Lord, we love you. We thank you for what you're doing in this body and how you use this body to encourage others, both believers and unbelievers alike, how you will send many out in the years ahead whether they be pastors or missionaries. And Father, thank you for giving us the courage and the boldness in a day when so many winds blow against sound doctrine. Only you could give us the strength to stand. And so for your sake and for your glory, we bless you, God. You truly are the lifter of our head. In whatever season we may be in or have been in, you give us hope for the future. And then you give us hope beyond death. And so today, Lord, before I share your word, every one of us in here will say amen for one reason. We agree to you being great. And we thank you for that. And the whole church said amen. Amen. <clears throat> I'm happy to be here this morning. I'm happy you're here. It would be a lonely place if I were by myself. Although I have preached to myself. <laughs> I've uh, told uh, many times, uh, many times in the milk barn in prayer. And I certainly know what it feels like to have God answer a prayer and meet your need. And if he couldn't do that, with a minister declaring the word of God, the minister would have no passion to give it to anybody else. I thank God for that. We've been in a practical series, uh, a life series for the month of January. And there's a statement I want to make as I start. That we were never designed as a church or as ministers to grow just organizations or 
churches alone. God gifted us with the love of Jesus Christ so that we could grow in God and have fruitful lives. That's the reason Christ came into the earth was to forgive us of sin and to give us a way out. He never would ask us to follow if God couldn't provide a way for us to do that. The Great Commission says, Go you therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the world. This was the Great Commission. Some of the final words Jesus said to His disciples. And if you condense this, it was, Go teach somebody what I've taught you so they can be fruitful in their life. You have something, he said to his disciples, that if you give it to others, will cause them to be fruitful in me. I'm going to ask you a few questions, and I want to, as we work through the scriptures today, begin to give some answers to those questions biblically. But do you feel like you're growing? Do you feel like that possibly you have been stunted or stagnant? And maybe you're a believer but you have served for a period of time, and if you were going to answer honestly, and maybe it's not just now, but there's at least been a season in your life or seasons where you said it just doesn't feel like I'm growing. It's a very frustrating place to be, especially if we would just continue to go through motions and not face the reality that at times I have had to face in my own life that I just don't seem to be fruitful right now. Or maybe there's times that I was going through the motions and, and doing what I thought I was supposed to do, but something in me just felt stagnant or stunted in a way of growth. And the only way I had to measure that was the fact that I had seen God grow in my life so many times. And because the growth is always so exciting and you want to see the fruit of that, it causes us to yearn and really expect that in every season. Last week we taught on seasons. But today I'd like to ask you to turn to 1 Peter chapter 2 as we begin to look at a section within the Word of God. And today I'd like to deal with that very issue. And so how do we get plugged into a place that will cause us to grow no matter what season we are in. If you're honest and you say to yourself, as I ask the question, Pastor, if I'm being honest with you, I have not been growing. I have been stagnant. That I want to give you some answers and a way out of that. First Peter, we will start in chapter 1, verse 25, and read through the first three verses of chapter 2. The Bible says, but the word of the Lord endures forever. And this is the word which by the gospel is preached to you. Now the reason I picked the last verse of chapter 1 before we went to the three verses of chapter 2 is in the original language there's not a chapter break. This is done for our benefit. And it's very significant to see what was said in the very last verse of the first chapter Peter is here exhorting 
teaching us that the word of the Lord will endure forever. So no matter where we are in our life, no matter what's going on, whether we feel like we're growing or we're stagnant, we can trust that the word of the Lord endures forever. In fact, it endures long beyond anything in heaven or earth, the Bible tells us. The word of the Lord is an enduring substance. And then he starts the chapter in the three verses of chapter 2. Interesting, now keep the thought that the word of the Lord endures forever. And then take that to the three verses that will begin to give us the instruction we need if you find yourself in a place where you think that you're not growing or possibly stagnant, then what do I do? I mean, what has caused this stagnation? What has allowed me to get in a position not to grow? Or maybe you are, are listening to this message and you say, I've never been born again, and but certainly God is, is trying my heart and I would like to begin to grow in the Lord. I think there's every opportunity here today for you to listen to this biblical teaching and apply it to your life. Verse 1 of chapter 2. Wherefore, laying aside, and he goes through a list of what you first must lay aside, malice and guile, hypocrisies, envy, and evil speaking. It's interesting. He's telling us to first lay this aside. He says the word of God endures forever. I'm teaching today on growing. I mean, after all, I live on a farm, and if I were going to feed a feed to cows and they couldn't make weight, I would be wasting my money and my time by feeding them. If every time I went to the feed trough, if what I put in the trough had no protein, no value, there would be no return on what I have fed that cow. It may not help the cow at all. And so I think it's vital that we discover where does our feed, you know, where is it at in our life? What are we eating? Does it have enough protein to cause us to grow? We're dealing with growth. We're dealing with stagnation. We're dealing with energy. I mean, a cow that you feed with, with feed that doesn't have protein will lose energy. It will become lethargic. This animal will be, have, it won't be bouncing around the pasture with all kinds of vigor. This animal will begin to just lazily walk about, ready for its next feeding, but with no real zeal. And is our life really any different? If we do not go to the source with the most protein, with the most ability to give us what we need in every season of life. I preached last week on two seasons called winter and summer. And both seasons require different feed. They provide something different in our life. But with the animals at home, we're in a cold time. Tonight it will be in single digits. And it's very necessary that they have what they need in their system, both in protein and in roughage to keep them warm. It's where they go that matters. It's their protection. I mean, all of these things matter. If they're too cold or they walk through the mud all the time, they won't make weight. They'll find themselves very deficient. And if I'm asking you, are you growing or are you stagnant? What I'm saying is, do you feel deficient? And a season of life can cause us to be deficient. Maybe you thought you would always be walking in the summer and the grass would always be green on the pasture, but you found yourself in the wintertime when the grouse has now frosted and died. There's no nutrient within it. And now what do you do? And so right 
here in these verses, these first three of chapter 2, it says, wherefore the first thing you must do is lay aside some things. And I want you, if you would, to go home this week and you can begin to look at the things that Peter asked us to lay aside. And don't worry, he wasn't just by happenstance starting to cast something out that you should throw aside. These are things that would totally hinder your life and your ability to grow in God, your ability to be fruitful in the Lord. I mean, let's take one of those, one example, the last one, evil speaking. If you were to continue in some evil speaking, and you, you would know that that conversation is rooted from the heart, and so that evil speaking would prevent every good thing. Can you imagine praising the Lord this morning with one side of your mouth, but trying to speak evil out of the other side this week? It would certainly be a conflict. So Peter simply says, these are the things that will need to be laid aside. They need to be got rid of. We need to eliminate them so that now we can get to what we need to learn in order to grow. Let's continue to look at the next verse. As newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word. Now he didn't say as newborn babes desire it. He's saying you as a newborn babe... Now, we know one thing about newborn babies. They desire the milk of the Word. We had uh, two little ch- babies here last night at a, a worship practice, and it was so wonderful, but everyone wanted to have the babies. And the babies were taking their bottles, and it was just wonderful. I mean, but that baby desires when it's hungry, that bottle, and you don't give a cold bottle to a baby, you give a bottle that's warm. The Bible says here, as a newborn baby, now listen, he's saying first, the word of God lives forever. Number two, get rid of some stuff. Number three, as a newborn baby desires the sincere milk of the word, we as Christians also desire the sincere milk of the word of God. Now, does it matter how you get it? Yes. Does it matter what brand your milk is? Yes. Does it matter what temperature your milk is? Yes. It all matters. But we know one thing about newborn babies. Peter's teaching us out of this simple analogy of a newborn baby desiring. Can I ask you something? If you would say in your heart, Pastor, I'm not growing. I've come to be stagnant. Would you then say also that you're not desiring the sincere milk? Because at the moment we get lethargic and sick, if we don't have a doctor or a veterinarian to quickly get some help, maybe even put the nutrients into the stomach, all at once you have an animal or even a person in their spiritual life on their way to death. You have really some trouble on your hands. And so the Bible says here, Peter, as the newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word. Why? That you may grow thereby. Because he said, Peter knows one thing. There's no way for us to grow in God without the milk of the word of God. And so there's milk of the word of God. Now, recently I had a neighbor call me and he had twin calves. And the mother rejected one of them. And he had been on vacation, so he called and he said, if you could take this other calf. And I said, certainly. He said, if, if you want the calf, you can have it. I don't know, you know, he didn't know what the outcome would be. The mothers rejected it. And so they brought the calf by. And as I opened the door, the calf was all curled up in the bottom of the floorboard of the truck. And I, I gathered the calf up, carried him into the milk barn, into a little pen with dry hay, Set him down. He seemed to be fairly content. 
I thought possibly he had already fed that morning, and so he was satisfied. We didn't see him jumping all around. And I told uh, Malachi, I said, Malachi, let's wait till this afternoon. He'll develop a hunger within the day, and we'll then try to bottle feed him this afternoon. But when I come in that afternoon, I soon found out the calf was in the exact same spot that I had laid it that morning, and instantly everything in me knew immediately, uh uh-oh, we're in trouble. The calf has not fed on a vital nutrient called colostrum. The colostrum's vital to the health of this young calf as much as the colostrum of the Word of God is vital to every new believer. And Peter says here, as a newborn babe, you must desire the sincere milk of the Word. Why? That you may grow thereby. So God teaches us the way to grow is by the Word of God. And not, I'll get into that in a minute, but the sincere milk of the Word of God. There's a milk that will cause you to live and not die. And so what happened was, is I quickly went to the freezer and I got some colostrum that we had frozen and I thawed it and warmed it up and put it in the half-gallon jar and went out and this calf was so lethargic that he couldn't even stand on his own. And so Malachi would hold his back hips up. I would hold his front end up, squeeze my legs together. And you can see the little calf right here today. But I immediately, the first feeding, he got a little bit of colostrum down. It took three feedings where we literally held him up all together and got him to to drink the colostrum. And the colostrum is vital within the first 6, 12, and 24-hour periods of a calf's life. But within 36 hours, almost most of what's in his stomach that would receive colostrum is now starting to change his, so his digestive system will work. And I don't want to get all veterinarian on you. I'm not a veterinarian. I'm a preacher. But this little calf took three feedings, and by the next feeding, what happens is, is he starts to get up on his feet. He's getting strong. He's getting strength. He's desiring the sincere milk of his mother, but he didn't have his mother. The benefit here was I had frozen some colostrum, which is the sincere milk of a mother cow in the first hour of her baby's life, and we gave this to this little calf. And today, this little calf, this is actually a picture of a feeding this morning. This little calf nudges, drinks a, a bottle and a half morning and night, and he's on his way to health. He is going to grow thereby. I assure you, without that milk, that little calf will not grow. And so I've asked you the question this morning, are you growing in the Lord? Then the instruction of the Word of God is, as a newborn babe desires the milk of the Word, do you find yourself desiring the sincere milk of the Word of God? Now, today, I don't have the opportunity in his everyday feedings to feed him from his mother. So what I had to do is we went to the the store and we bought what they call a milk replacer. And milk replacer will work for growing the calf. But it's not the sincere milk that it really needs. If you were going to have a mother there... Or milk replacer, no question which one we would choose. I'm thankful for milk replacer. It definitely keeps the calf alive. But if I had this calf's mother, I would certainly put this calf on its mother to get the sincere milk that I know it needs directly from the source. So where are you going, preacher? 
I said in the beginning that the, the, the preaching of the gospel and, and what God asked us to do with the Great Commission was never commissioned so that we could make church a business or that we could make great organizations great in the eyes of men. But God told us to go because the Word of God is so vital to eternal life to all mankind that without it, you simply cannot grow in God without the Word of God being declared to you. And He said that even preachers, through the foolishness of preaching, God would confound wise people. That means that intellect cannot bring in what God can do by spirit through the foolish preaching of the Word of God. That means that all I do, I should never be sold out. Never believe your own advertisement as a preacher. Just keep declaring the Word of God. Keep declaring the Word of God. Casting it upon the water that it doesn't return void. And maybe in your life, if you've been in a season and you say it doesn't seem like I'm growing, I'm asking you to desire the very sincere milk that it takes for all of us to grow. You can buy a milk replacer in many forms. You could go to Bible bookstores. And I'm not suggesting that they won't help you. After all, the first thing I want is sincere milk of this calf's mother. But there's no doubt that the hay that he eats and the grain that he eats will help. But the vital nutrient to the calf growing is his mother's sincere milk. And the vital nutrient to the believer is the Bible itself, the Word of God. I can show you some milk replacers and maybe you would say to me, I simply don't understand the Bible when I read it. Then I have an answer for you in a moment. But God wants you to have an understanding of the Bible. It's okay if you read it and don't always understand everything you read. There's actually a reason that happens. It's okay. But the instruction is, your desire should be that, number one, you need milk directly from its source. I'm not suggesting that there are many books you could read that would help you. I'm declaring this morning that the sincere milk comes only from reading the Bible, the Word of God, and then allowing the Holy Spirit to do what He does with the believer, and that is give him or her the understanding of what it's saying to their life. No question you could trust. Some trust in preachers. It's very dangerous. You should check everything you hear preached by the Word of God. You should desire the sincere milk of the Word of God. We live in a day when much could influence you in Christianity and abroad. Maybe you would feel a touch of your emotion and that's wonderful. No question that truth can bring to you joy. Truth can bring to you peace. But if only our emotions are trusted in the midst of a battle, we find ourselves tossed on the winds of every storm that comes in our life. But I'm asking you today, if you know that you've been stagnant or stunted or simply are not growing, can I ask you, have you been to the sincere milk of the Word? How long has it been since you opened your Bible and began to take a look at some verses that you would just hold on to through the week and let the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, teach you? This is the sincere milk of the Word. This is how you grow thereby. Everything may assist you, great books, great tapes. Even good preachers may assist your faith. But nothing will ever be a milk replacer to the Bible you hold in your hand, the one you read in those nights when nobody else is present. 
And maybe if you're wondering, preacher, where do I start? Or you listen to this on a radio broadcast and you say, I've never read the Bible. I want to say to you, there's some simple places you can start. If you love simple wisdom, go to Proverbs. There's so much wisdom locked up in the book of Proverbs. If you're in a time of your life of trouble, read the Psalms and find out what happened when God was so faithful to so many at different times. Go to the book of Psalms and find a Psalm. But then make sure that you take a bit or a verse of Scripture, something that you can hold on to, and hold on to that all week long. Just meditate on it as you're at work. As you pray, pray that Scripture. You are then reminding God of what we first learned in Peter. The word of the Lord endures forever. And there is a way to hold on to the word of God, the sincere milk, desiring the thing that is eternal. And let God, by the Holy Spirit, give you an understanding. The next thing I'd like to address is if you say to me, I simply do not understand the Bible when I read it. That's how it's designed. Don't be frustrated. If you're not understanding all that you read, I don't want that to deter you. May I ask you one question? How much are you trying to take in? Even sincere milk, if I were to force feed this calf too much, he would simply throw up. Are you taking the amount of the sincere milk of the Word of God that you can handle and then digesting it in patience? See, it's your responsibility to study the Bible. It's your responsibility to read the Bible. It's your responsibility to meditate on the Word of God, the Bible. But it's the Holy Spirit's responsibility to allow you to understand what you just read. And this is a way that God puts the Christian to the direct source of its life. And if I could get this calf plugged into its actual mother, I would have got them together to the direct source of the sincere milk of the Word of God, and it would have a a nutrient that it could grow thereby. And milk replacer may work, but it's just never going to be what the mama cow offers to the calf. And no matter where you go, what Bible bookstore or fancy preacher you may or may not like, nothing will replace the Word of God and the meditation of your heart to be able to allow God to touch you and teach you in a way that He promised to us in the Bible. If you notice, John 14 says, Jesus said, But the Comforter, which is the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in My name, He shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance, whatever I have said to you. The 34th Psalm says, Taste and see. That the Lord is good. And I believe today we've learned that if we're in a place where we're not growing, we think we're stagnant. Maybe talking cattle terms, if we're just not making weight, who wants to make weight? Nobody's holding up their hand. Amen. Yeah, they do. Okay. I've been making some weight myself in the last 10 months. Probably about 10 pounds. That's not the kind of weight we're talking about. Who would like to be able to read the Bible? Allow God to teach you by the Holy Spirit. Are we giving Him that chance? Because here's the danger, church. That we become frustrated trying to understand Scriptures with our own understanding and with our own intellect. And after all, if a man could convince you intellectually, there's another one with a little bit, a few more points of IQ that may unlock 
or undo what was done in you originally. But Paul the Apostle had the answer for it in 1 Corinthians chapter 2. He said, I do not come to you. And though this man, Paul the Apostle, spoke, it's arguably or reliably recorded among seven to eight languages other than his own, no question he had a colossal mind and a brave intellect to approach all those of the world, whether it's Mars Hill, the Greeks, all those Athenians. He did it all in intellect, but he came to the Corinthians and he said... I have not come with the enticing words of men's wisdom, but I've come to you with a demonstration of the Holy Spirit and power. And this is where Paul was saying, I've hooked you up as a new believer with the very utter of God where you could get the sincere milk that only God could provide. I've hooked you up with the colostrum of eternity, the one that will give you an immunity against all the seasons of your life, all of the arrows and the... Fiery darts that may fly at you in this life. He said, I have not come to you with enticing words of men's wisdom. But how often do we choose the wisdom of men over the meditation of God, over the place of prayer, willing to wait and say, Lord, you are able. Are we able to place our faith? And as we leave here today, maybe as you listen to this broadcast, you say, preacher, I spent my life going through the motions. But today, I'm going to take the Bible's advice to me. And I'm going to learn, number one, that the Word of God lives forever. That whatever I grip a hold of and grab a hold of in the Bible, that I could pray over it and believe it. Because God is a God who lives forever, who never lies, who always hears my prayer. And number two, I'm going to lay aside anything that would come in conflict to me getting a hold of this Word that lives forever. Number three, God, will you inspire in us as a newborn baby the desire for your sincere milk? I'm not going to trust in the intellect of men. I'm going to appreciate it. I'm going to be thankful, Lord, for the pastor. I'm going to be thankful for the books. But I'm not going to trust in that alone. I'm going to trust in the sincere milk of the Word of God. And what I'm going to do, Lord, I'm going to do something different than I've ever done. I'm going to meditate on the Scriptures this week. I'm going to read the Bible, and then I'm going to meditate. That means I keep it upon my mind throughout the week. And I'm going to let the Holy Spirit teach me. And I'm going to let the Holy Spirit meet my need. So at the end of the day, no one can talk me out of it. No book could change its mind and it would change my philosophy, but I would have got out of the utter the very claustrum I need. For the season that I'm in. I would like to give you an invitation. If you would, please stand to your feet. If you have never placed your faith in Christ, the gospel preached is to preach that Jesus Christ, the Son of God, came into the earth. To pay a price and to allow us a way to receive forgiveness of sin. There's no way to be fruitful. There's no way to grow the way God wants us to grow. Without lining ourselves with His will. 
So if you're in here today and you've never been born again, I'm giving you an invitation. God has a way in services like this to touch the heart. And you may say, man, I've read, I've been around church, I've read some books. I've even thought about so many things intellectually. But God's able to put his finger on the fleshly table of our heart and say, I have wanted to feed you myself. I didn't want you to trust anybody else but me. I want to lead you and guide you and direct you and love you and give you hope. And it doesn't matter what age you are. It doesn't matter what your background is. All can come. And I think the other invitation that we give here is some are just going to say yes to the Word of God preached today. They're going to say, yeah, I have lived on somebody else's understanding. And I've never liked that. I want God to give me the understanding that he wants me to have. No trouble, no problem with encouragement, no problem with hearing great messages preached. No problem with wonderful books that will encourage you. There's nothing that will replace the milk that is so sincere. That the God of sincerity given to you will cause the sincerity of your heart. It will prevent you from hypocrisy. It will prevent you. You're not able to do that. The sincere milk makes a sincere believer. The hypocrite was simply moved by someone's message and he came and he, he tried to live something that he was not. But the sincere milk cleans all that up and God wants to bring us that way. The colostrum, are you facing the diseases of life, the, troil, the trouble, the toil? God has a colostrum in the sincere milk of the Word that is an antibody against those things. He becomes the mother, if you will, the father, the covering for us in our life. I'm convinced that if you put your faith in the Word of God here, oh, it doesn't have to be elaborate. It doesn't have to be enticing words of men's wisdom. It just has to be believed. That at the end of the day, you'll come to services where you worship a new way, a fresh way, a way where you say, God, you have done it for me. See, Christianity is not a spectator sport. It's a place where all can come to a river of life freely. Every person's able to get in the water. Every person can drink the sincere milk. Every person has a place in the body. Every person deserves a position in the earth today to lead their family the way, the way God wants you to do it. That we can be husbands leading our homes. That we can be mothers. You can, not we, not, I can't be a mother. But, but that's what God's providing. And it doesn't matter what's not worked out. God is the only one that can reconcile and give mercy in a place where mercy could have never been found. The question's not what will God do. The question's not whether or not the Word of God is true. Through all the ages, no one could get rid of it, the Word of God, because the Bible said it endures forever. The question today is what will we do it? doesn't matter the size of the congregation. It's whether we can get in agreement that the Word of God will always be number one. It will always be elevated. It will always be central. It will always be the final authority no matter how our emotions sway. No matter what life looks like. 
But we will gather together, some with great joy, others with tremendous hurt. But we will agree that the Word of God is what stands in our life and will build our lives on it, knowing that storms will come. God help us today. I give you that invitation. Two, one for salvation. The other to agree with the Word of God.